Welcome everybody to the Black Prospector Show. I'm your host, the Black Prospector, and as you see, I'm doing some prospecting today, out getting some freedom, some peace, some vitality, as I'm out here at the beach with my son. He's holding the camera right now, but I just want to go ahead and do this video real fast because it's going to be an intro, but first let me show you the books I'm out here reading too. I got The Man Knot. Out here is my reading material. I always like to bring a couple books with me. Race, Class, Genre, and the Dilemmas of Black Manhood by Tommy Curry. Deep book on black masculinity, black men. I'm also reading The Renaissance Diet 2.0 by Mike Isretel. Uh, I'm big in the Renaissance periodization, Renaissance training. So I wanted to check out the diet book as well. But check it out. Here's the reason why I am actually leaving you this recording right now. Number one, to encourage you to get on out here and enjoy your life. That's the big thing. Uh, I definitely wanted to say that while I'm out here and let everybody know that, you know, at the end of the day, you work hard all week. You work hard for your family. You work hard to put food on the table. You work hard for somebody else. Make sure you get out here and also enjoy yourself and live life on the weekends. Too many times I listen to men say, you know, I can't get out. I don't have time. I have a honey-do list even on Sundays or whatever your day that you should be able to relax is. Man, you better get out here and stop trying to live for a good eulogy because at the end of the day, really, to be honest, the number of people at your funeral is probably going to be more contingent on the weather than how you interacted with people. And that's pretty humbling when we think about it. But let me get to the real reason. I wanted to do this video because the video you're about to see, I did with a guy named Christopher T. Now, if you saw the title of the video, you already know. Christopher T and another man were found or were said to be the father of a woman's child and so we're going to talk about that and i'm taking away the intro that i originally did because i guess you're not allowed to say something about women getting rid of their babies on youtube so okay to clean that up a bit oh man we almost need to just listen to the crash of the waves yeah so um to clean that up a bit we're just not going to say that here i want to take that part out and uh, forgive me with the sound, he definitely was struggling on with his Bluetooth, so the sound kind of goes back and forth, but his story is important. And I definitely want him to come out and tell it to us and to all of you. And so, you know, I kind of get heated during this discussion. Um, as truth be known, I understand what, what this brother's going through or what he went through, but then he takes it to another level that I can't begin to understand and I struggle understanding. Uh, so I tried to ask the type of questions that I know people are gonna ask, maybe even questions that you would ask him as you listen to his story so check this one out christopher t telling the story on how he was said to be the father of a little girl until he got a knock at the door and another man said that i am the father of that little girl how did it play out who is this girl that played him like that how has he dealt with it afterwards as it's been over 25 years since that moment. So check out this video. Again, if you like the video, like, subscribe, pass it on. This is definitely one that I want shared and definitely leave some comments down below if you can relate. If you've been in this type of situation, if you know people who have, if you have a story, leave your comments down below and I may want to get with you on the future show because I think these stories need to be told and get out here. In the meantime, I'm about to kick my feet up on this rock that I moved over as a nice little uh, footrest because the rock was over there. And I told my son, I'm like, you know, as a man, I got to move that rock. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, that rock was heavy. 
but I had to move it to where I wanted to so I can relax and chill. Get out there, be fit, be free, have some vitality, and I'll holler at y'all on the next side. Peace. Welcome everyone to the Black Prospector Show. I'm your host, the Black Prospector, talking to men about being fit after 40, living a free life and getting some vitality in their life in those later years. Today, I have a very special show. I know I probably said that plenty of times before, but I do have a special show. I have a special interview. I'm going to consider this as part of every Black man has a story. However, this story is going to be focused on a one segment of a person's life. And that person today is a gentleman by the name of Christopher. Now, I'm going to introduce Christopher in one moment and let him introduce himself. But, you know, I have to start out on why I want to do this show. One of the things that really got me was the number of men that were out here that had children. And I always looked at some of the things that were said about a woman's right to choose, but it always bothered me that a man, the only time he had a right to choose and whether he wanted to be a father or not was at the time he laid down with the woman. Then after that, all the burden was on him to quote unquote, step up to be, and if when you're looking on the podcast, that was definitely in air quotes, all the burden was on for him to step up. That's what everyone said. That's what society always said that he needs to step up and be a father to the child. But I looked at the numerous ways we never said a woman was not stepping up if she did not want to be a mom. I think this is especially relevant today as right now the nation, just because midterms are coming and you know they're trying to all galvanize their base and get everyone out there to vote. And that's a whole other show in and of itself. Uh, but you know now we're talking again about everything for women and you know, I'm not going to go into that discussion. And I'm happy to say as a man that's about to be 52, I really don't even have a dog in this fight anymore. So y'all fight it out. But I will say this. We still aren't having the discussion about a man having a right to choose. And that's not even being brought up. And one of the things that I've been seeing lately are memes. And I probably should have found one. I, I found some memes or saw some memes out there on Instagram and other places where there were women that posted and said, oh, well, if I don't have a right to my body, well, you know, basically it's something like making a deal or something to the effect of, uh, and you know, every, every baby that born that's born also should be DNA tested. And I shared one of them and said, I applaud that decision. I applaud that a ton. Let's make sure that every child that is born in the hospital or out of the hospital, that every child gets DNA tested every child. I don't care whether you're married or whether you're not married. And so with that, I think it's a perfect time. It's an interview I've been wanting to do, and I've been wanting men to tell me their stories, and I have heard, I'm going to share just some of the stories I've heard from guys as we go along and discuss today, but I'm glad that this guy uh, came forward and wanted to share his story, and it is his story about, um, let's just say, Billie Jean, and if you know the song Billie Jean, you and, and most of us, what's funny is most of us don't even know what that song is about. We just say, Billy Jean is not mine. And, you know, we just get that part and we know the moonwalk and we know to grab our crotch. But we really don't know the lyrics to that song. And uh, but she said, I am the one, but the kid is not my son. And so today we're going to have an interview and I would like to now introduce Christopher to you. Christopher, um, can I call you Chris during this interview, if you don't mind? That works for me. Cool, cool. Thank you. So, um, 
you know, you joined us today. You shared your story with me, and I thought it was definitely fascinating. Um, it, it pissed me off. I'm not even gonna lie. It pissed me off. And to just kind of know that this is not an unusual case. Um, statistically, well, I'll get into the stats later. I'm going to just do what I do with every black man has a story. And of course, we're talking uniquely about your stories. We'll have to go into the usual format of starting. Hey, tell me what was elementary school like for you? We don't have to go there. But let's start out with the story that you're here and that you wanted to share. Um, Chris, tell us a story. Well, you know, um, I'm not going to line this up. You know, I was in uh, just my dating years, we could say. And, um, you know, there were just, you know, women I was going out with. You know, I wasn't looking to get married or anything like that. I wasn't looking to become a father anytime soon, any of that. You know, I just, you know, I, I knew a lot of women who, you know, I hung out with, people that I was just kicking it with on the phone, people I would, you know, go out and have something to eat with. Some, some of those turned into like, how can we say, you know, just a, a night and just, you know, the, however that relationship was, it just continued the way that it was. Um, so in this particular story, I knew this one young lady that I used to work with and we got to be really good friends. You know, we laughed, we got along very well, you know, very attractive, brown skinned, tall woman. And, uh, you know, we hung out for a little while getting to, you know, she had a child at that time, you know, a little girl, I think maybe four or five years old. Not, I don't even remember. I mean, we're talking about almost 30 years ago. And, um, you know, we went out a few times. I, I met her at her house a few times. And it was just like, uh, you, you know, you have that period where you meet women and you just kind of feeling each other out. You're just like, okay, is this, are we falling into the friend zone? Is this? go somewhere else it, it was never really verbalized it was just kind of we was having fun um there was no we'll say there was no intimacy of any any of any sort and it, I, I was just it, it was kind of one of those things where it, we were both just friends but I think in the back of our minds both of us were just kind of curious if this if, if something else was coming out of this even though there was nothing that would give us signals that said we should move forward with, with that. So I'll introduce it that way. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, let me ask you this at this time, did you have any children? Um, you know, were you married single? I mean, I know you said you were dating, but just to be clear, <laughs> still make sure. I'm living the single, single, single life. So I, was, <laughs> I was very much single. I was doing my club thing at the time. Uh, I was just, you know, really coming into, how can I say, um, if, if, if we were to compare this to say, you know, an, an athlete's career, I would just say I was my peak form at that, at that point. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't have any problems with meeting women. Um, I was just having fun at that point. I didn't have any kids. I hadn't been married. Um, I was just exploring. I'll leave it at that. I was just exploring. I wasn't looking for really anything serious, even though if something came along, I was, I was definitely, I had my eyes open to see if something could come out. But at that point, no, I was, uh, I was happy with my life. Um, okay. Go ahead. No, I, I, I just really wrote down no problem getting women because mm -hmm. 
That's I, I got a feeling I'm gonna probably loop back around to that. So so okay, you said it was really no no, no serious intimacy or anything um, going on. So you know, how long were y'all just kind of kicking it? I mean, that you continue just pick up from there. You know, I, it's looking back. I can't even say how long that was, but I would estimate probably less than a year, maybe, you know, I would, when we were working together, she, you know, we worked briefly together in a store. And um, like I said, it just got, it got into, we was just hanging out. I think we might've went out a few times. Uh, we was, we talked on the phone. It was always fun. It was always laughing. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I got to know her, her, her daughter, but like I said, I was just um, generally when I used to go out with women, you know, different women, I always knew from the very beginning, well, at least after the first conversation where that was going to go, particularly after the first physical meeting, like you meet someone, you talk to them on the phone for a minute, you end up going out, you know, where I was at that point in my life, I just knew where these relationships would go. I could tell from talking to a person for, you know, X amount of, I don't know, weeks or whatever, be like, okay. This is not a person I can see myself with for a long time, but you know, she might be fun to hang out with. Whatever comes out of that comes out of that. But that's this particular relationship, I was just not really clear about it. It just kind of seemed we hung out for a little while, then we kind of distanced each other, distance from there was a period where we wasn't hanging out, then we it was really strange. I can't even put my finger on it. It's just that uh we were just good friends at that point. And I was just enjoying that because she was somebody I could kick it with, you know? So that's, that's how I remember it going down. Well, you said she had a daughter. How old was her daughter? I want to say about four or five at the time. Mm. Yeah, I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So, all right, man. Go, so go ahead. Go ahead. So she has about a four or five year old daughter. Y'all sounds like y'all had a strange relationship, almost like you were, in the friend zone, but you weren't in the friend zone. Um, obviously, I know where the story is going. You obviously didn't stay in the friend zone. Whose idea was that? Man, how could, you know, I, I look back and try to kind of wonder how that happened because, you know, I had this friend that I grew up with, this guy, and, you know, I had been knowing him since I was about, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, and we was just real good friends. And um, the funny thing about it is, if, if you talk about someone having a type, it's, you know, a lot of men have a certain type, like, you know, that's my type right there. You know, I like the short, thick women, or I like the tall, slim women, or, you know, I like the dark skin. You've got brothers who are obsessed with light-skinned women. And in, in all honesty, this never occurred to me, but I remember visiting this woman with, with this particular friend one night, and he just instantly just was infatuated with her because this guy he's lighter skinned you know he's he's a light-skinned guy but he always had a thing for dark-skinned women I mean he he loved like I'm I mean you know darker than just what you call brown skin I'm like he really had a thing for dark-skinned women and when he met her I mean I could just see it in his face like it it hadn't occurred to me that she was really his type Mm -hmm. it's not to say that she was not my type but I because I was already in a friendship zone with her I never really thought much more of it but then when I saw how he was looking at her you know he was he was like in almost like infatuated with her it was just kind of funny <laughs> like it, it just occurred to me I'm like wow I've been knowing this woman you know for a few months now and it, it never occurred to me like dang she's actually his type if I was to you know just line up the type of women I had seen him date up until that point so that that was intriguing 
It almost sounds like you wanted to hook her up with your boy. It it almost turned into that, you know. Um, but you know, she didn't she didn't have any interest in him. I, it was like um, she dropped enough hints that it was either going to be me or it's not. I don't. She didn't really have any interest in him. You know, it's you can take your boys around people. Yeah. I, I, I you know I remember a, a situation where. When I was in high school, I had this real good friend who turned out to be a, a, a really good dentist. And uh, I, I can't remember, I just remember, I had met this one young lady <laughs> at the rival school and I ended up, ended up you know, introducing the two of them. Now, mind you, I was interested in her, but she took to him. So it was just like, okay, I just had to step back. You know, I wasn't a hater or nothing. I'm like, okay, she's feeling him. That's my boy, okay, whatever, you know. Um, in this particular scenario, I got the vibe that even though we were still friends, the door was still more open for me. She was not looking at mom. She wasn't checking for my boy that way. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So you didn't hook them up. So then how did you, you two end up progressing along you and the young lady? Man, you know, it just, this kind of thing just, just happened out of nowhere. You know, she had moved to another city and, um, I wish I could remember how that happened, but we're talking again, we're talking about almost 30 years ago. And um, she, she called me one night and says, you know, what you doing? You know, you know, I'd like to see you. You know, why don't you come up and see me? You know, um, was this like after after two in the morning? <laughs> no, I wasn't that late. I would say it was. Right. it might have even been a night where I went to a club because uh, I just, you know, at that age, I was doing a lot of clubbing. And, okay. you know, there were those situations where people would call me you know, be like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight, like, what you doing? You know, what you doing? Where you at? <laughs> you, you, knew, you knew this wasn't a, uh, well, what back then, this wasn't a blockbuster and chill. <laughs> no. <laughs> or it man. was a blockbuster and chill. This you know wasn't what? a, let's go out to eat kind of thing. No, no. Well, the thing is, you know, I, in reality, I'm not, I'm not going to say I had the intentions of going up there and something happening. Because we had been in this friendship zone, so I wasn't even anticipating something like that. But, you know, there were people who would call me from time to time. And, you know, if it turned into something, something, you know, that something, something went down. But honestly, I didn't go up there that particular night expecting something was going to go down, even though I was in that that total, I don't know, you want to call it player mode where that would go down. But with her, I wasn't really it just in, in reality it never thought it, it never hit me in my mind that that would roll down because i was just like okay we can go up there and talk we're gonna just chill i'll probably end up falling asleep getting up and get in the morning and, and come back home that's how i thought it was gonna go right <laughs> so i think that's interesting so even in your mind even though you 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 at the height of your game you still felt all right i could go over there that late i mean mm-hmm. i think it at my age now any babe that's calling me that late, she calling me over for a reason. Mm-hmm. But at that time, you were still thinking it might just be you know, we friends. I just go hang out. We kick it. I'm out. Sex isn't necessarily on the table. Right. That's quite honestly, because I'm saying, you know, I'm not trying to make myself out to be, you know, <laughs> the, the mystery player or something like that. But I'm just saying that at that point in my life, I was just kind of picking and choosing what I wanted. And so I st- there was I had developed friendships with various women at that point. So I can honestly say there wasn't always women who I just knew, OK, I want to lay down with her because I, I was already at a, I was already in a mode where I could just pick and choose who I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do with. And I never really 
pursued that with her because after some several months, we had stayed in that friendship zone. You know, one of my best friends who I'm still friends with to this, to this day, it was never a question of if we were going to go somewhere beyond where we were because we just became fast brother and sister. Whereas with this woman I'm telling you about now, it was friendship there, but I think both of us in the back of our minds thought, mm, what if, and mm -hmm. one particular night happened, she says, what you doing? Why don't you come on up? You know, I want to talk to you. And that's, that's what I did. I just drove up there. I didn't have any intention. <laughs> okay. Let me make this. This is another key thing to make clear just to show you what I mean by I had no intentions. I wasn't prepared. If you know what I mean. <laughs> all right all right so so in other words you didn't have a gym hat ready to go. I, I i did not all i right, was it, right. it was that i didn't that was really not where my thoughts were going when she called me that night well if there's ever a sign that a man didn't think something was going to be popping off i guess that's definitely one if you didn't have a jimmy ready to go right. then that that definitely okay that, that's good evidence i'll say yeah. on your side all right so i imagine you know, we you went over there then what well, you know, just one thing led to another. I'm like, uh, you know, her daughter was sleeping, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and you told, God, you all, you rolled up over there. And she was like, take this melatonin. Yeah, get here, take this NyQuil. Nah, that, <laughs> Go to bed. Like that. I don't, <laughs> man, I wish, you know, when, when people say, you know, man, that night was a blur. I can honestly say that. I can say I remember, you know, I do remember going down. It definitely went down, you know, and um. But that, that, that was it. You know, I, I think I ended up driving home that night, actually. Mm. And I didn't really think much of it afterward. It was just, okay, you know, now I know this is, <laughs> we took it a step outside of that friendship zone. And I didn't really know what was going to happen after that, right? Um, I think, like I said, I don't even think I stayed over there that night. If I did, I think I might have left early in that morning. And that was that. I, Yeah. <laughs> that's what i remember all right all right hey continue man your your story so we, we obviously you did do you knocked it out all well, right yeah so and this, then you know it went down and um i don't think it was two months went by uh because at that point we were no longer working together and um i just remember you know getting a call one night saying you know uh you know, Christopher, guess what? I'm, you know, I'm pregnant, right? And um, you know, I've, 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 I've received that phone call before in the past. And, you know, just, it might've happened once or twice and nothing ever came out of it. You know, it was, it was always an understanding, like the particular woman that I might have been with on when that happened previously, it was almost just understood like, you know, okay, we did this, but you know, I know you don't want any kids right now. And I know if you don't want any kids, you know, th that's I'm not going to put this burden on you that says we should force a relationship. And then at the same time, why would I bring a baby into the world when I know that neither one of us are having feelings like we're supposed to be together? So I think both of the times where that went, where it ended up, I get a, a I'm pregnant call. You know, the women just they did what they did. I'm just they, they took care of it. It was never a thing of I had to tell someone, well, you know, this is not where I want to go. It was just always understood because it was like, you know, this went down tonight, but we never had anything before this. We just happened to fall into mm. this 
on this particular night. And there was never any pressure. It was never even a suggestion from my side that says, look, okay, you better go take care of that. Because it was never a situation where I had to say something like that. Because people just knew that, you know, we're not a couple, we're not dating. You know, this night happened and to bring a child into that would be a big mistake. It, I never had to actually say that in the two times that happened previously. So it was never an issue. But this particular night when I got that phone call, it was just kind of like, I remember hearing the words and I, was, I just went silent like, hmm, okay. Um, <laughs> and to tell you the truth, the conversation, I don't remember either. I just remember kind of being in a fog. And just over the next several months, she made it clear, like, you know, I'm having this baby. You know, I know what happened between me and you. We're not a couple, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to have this baby whether we're together or we're not. And that was it. You know, and the funny thing is that we didn't we didn't talk again. We did not talk. Several months went by. It was always one of those things that was in the back of my mind. Like, I wonder what's going on with her. I wonder if she went and took care of that. I wonder if she's seriously like, I'm, I'm going to do this, whether, you know, whatever, whatever relationship we're in, I'm going to move forward with this because I want this child. Because there was absolutely no communication for the next several months. And then I just remember one night I was giving you because I was working midnight at midnight at the time. I remember receiving a phone call like uh, the baby's here. You know, um, it, it just it, it caught me off because we hadn't talked in six, seven months, eight months, however long that was in that gestation period. And I, 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 I didn't really know how to react. I was getting ready to go to work and she made it clear that she wanted me to come up and see this baby. So I called in from work and I, I drove the 30, 40 minutes up to, to her place. And, you know, I saw this baby and the baby was like maybe a month or two old. And it, it was a girl. I do want to interject here. So, mm -hmm. so from the time she told you, mm -hmm. It still was a month or two before you got up there to see the baby. So you didn't like this wasn't a I went up there the next day and went up to the hospital to see the kid. No I, hospital. There was nothing about a hospital. Like I said, she disappeared, literally disappeared for six or seven months. There was no conversation whatsoever. And I just get a phone call one night, probably about 930, Like I said, this is the time when I'm usually getting ready to go to work. And I get that phone call. I'm kind of stunned. I'm kind of, you know, speechless. Don't know what to say. Don't know how to react. You know, I called in to work and I remember talking to a manager on the phone <laughs> and he was just like, well, you know, congratulations. And I was just like, oh, well, I didn't really feel in a congratulatory mood at that point because there was no real emotion tied to when she made that phone call. It was just, you know, how, what am I supposed to feel when, okay that that night happened and from the if she was really pregnant at that point and we talked for a month or two and then she just totally disappeared and then out of the blue one night I get a phone call talking about the baby is here and I'm like well how am I supposed to feel right now you know I don't have that when you develop a relationship with a woman you're going to develop a certain intimacy beyond the sex that's that should probably already be in place before that even happens and to make that transition, you know, like I said, we were really good friends, 
I was used to talking to her and joking with her and smiling with her and having fun. And then that happened, but we never really made that, that jump from friendship to there's something else going on here. And I was just, it was just really awkward for me when I went up very pretty little girl that I saw and, but I didn't really know how to react. It, it was just, it, it caught me totally off guard. Um, and it, it, I just, I, I had to start moving into another mode to think, damn, what, what's going on here? And in some ways I felt like that was unfair because the point was we, both of us knew that we were not at that point. And all of a sudden you throw a baby into the mix and it's like, you know, I, I, I understand when women say, you know, I don't want to kill a life. I get that. I totally get it. You know, of course, I can't relate to having a baby growing inside my body or anything like that. But at the same time, I just wonder how, you know, a lot of women take it upon themselves, says, look, I don't care if you're here or not. I'm bringing this baby into the world, regardless of whether you're here or not. And so when you call me on a night and say this baby's here, what is being expected of how I'm supposed to feel? Because you oh. Sounds like you're breaking up a little bit there. Disappear. There we go. Right. Now he's slightly coming back. Nope. Breaking up again. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You, you, you're still breaking up. So I'm going to put you on mute for one second. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, let, let me, I'm, I'm just gonna mute you in one second. Let, maybe your system is gonna buffer a little bit. Um, so just a recap for everybody. Um, and and I do wanna interrupt for one second because I'm I'm tripping at the fact that, and I know it's gonna be some women here and and please hold your thought because uh, I'm just, like I say, I'm gonna just try to, to let every, the system buffer and come back. But as you go along with the story, there's a couple of things I would like to you to touch on. Because uh, I know it's going to be some ladies and maybe even some guys saying, well, if you knew she already told you that she was pregnant, then why didn't you try to reach out to her during the nine months or so? And then secondly, why do you think she waited? I'm tripping out that she waited until the baby was here. I mean, was this like the birth of Christ where, you know, by the time you get there to see the baby, the baby's already of age. Um, you know, for, for those of you, when you go back and read the Gospels, you know, it's like by the time they got there to the Christ child, the child was already older. But the main thing is, it's like, wow, she calls you after the baby is already here and then tells you this. Um, that seems a bit strange in and of itself. But let me uh, let's, let's so go ahead, pick back up and, and see if the, the, everything worked out a bit. All right. Um, okay, here you go. You sound good. Sound good. Okay. okay. Um, I, you know, I do remember, you know, after the fact, after being informed that she was pregnant, there was a, a, a slight conversation. And I just, you know, I just made it clear, like, you know, we, we you know, we need to talk about this because, you know, where are we? What are, what are we doing? And after the conversation, after I made it clear, I'm like, you know, I don't think that's a good idea just to think you're just going to bring a baby into the world. And it's just like, you take the attitude, like, I don't care whether you want it or not. I want to have another baby. And I'm like, I had absolutely no say in that. It was just like, I'm going to have this baby. And that was it. Little person he had. 
There was oh, no. Oh man, buffering again. Buffering again. Oh, I hope we certainly don't have to do another connection. Let me uh go ahead and and try to reset again. And and while we while we work on that that technical side, um, you know, I I'll, I'll just throw in and and again, this is why I want to do this show. Uh, it's kind of a trip that as he goes through this, um, you know, I, I found it interesting that she wanted to have a child by a guy that basically um obviously she knew that it sounds like they weren't going to have a relationship where he was going to stay around so this wasn't even a you know we in love boyfriend girlfriend kind of thing um and she still wanted to have the baby which again i'm i think that's fine but i just think that since we, we always put responsibility on the guy before he lays down I certainly think I would hope that anyone who is going to judge the situation fairly would also be willing to say that she was taking a chance of just being with somebody. And, and this, this gets into some deep, um, I'll say some, uh, uh, how should we put it? Some more behavioral science, uh, especially when you look at, at genders. And many times when you think about when women look their hottest and they go out to the clubs on Friday and Saturday night, uh, I think there's one reason why oftentimes a lot of those women do get pregnant on one night stands and it's because they're ovulating. And at the time that they're ovulating, well, you know, where that, that woman normally would have wanted to stay at home on maybe a Friday or a Saturday night. And she just might be like, uh, you know, she calls a dude up and be like, I got to wash my hair. And she doesn't feel like going, but when she's ovulating, she's no different than, you know, I, I, I use a similarity of an animal because for you evolutionists out there, that's the first thing you want to say, we came from animals anyway. So that's somewhere where, you know, when my cat is in heat, my cat is in heat and that cat is rubbing up on any man that comes into the house that she smells. And so I think it is very similar that when many of these women are ovulating, that does seem to be when they do go out to the clubs. And if they're ovulating and we know they they know their bodies know this is the time that I can get pregnant. Now I need to get pregnant by a man and it has to be even a certain type of man. And I think that that is very interesting on how all of this kind of, um, as I'm hearing it unravel some of my thoughts, but all right, let's bring you back in. Let's see if it, it ended up working out. And um, hopefully we can keep this sound going together, man. Cause we're not even to the other stuff yet. All right, go ahead. All right. Well, can you hear me now? Sounding good. Yep. Sounding good. Oh man. Okay. You know that you took me back with that. <laughs> there, was oh. you, <laughs> All right. there was something you just said and I'm like, dang, I can't remember. It's already slipped my mind, but it was something you just said that just took me back about 30 years. I wish I could remember it. I have to remind, rewind the tape because that was, that was funny just now. Um, so again, I don't know how much people heard when I was going into this, but it's, it's, it was just a question of how, how am I supposed to feel at this point? where you basically put handcuffs on me and says, look, I'm having this baby. I don't really care what you think. You know, I want to have another child. And that was that, you know, I thought that, you know, we're friends. Okay. This happened on that particular night, but what, what does the future hold? If, if you want to take this, you know, if you really want to bring this child into the world, what does that say? She already had a child in which from what I remember, she didn't have a relationship with that, with the first, with that father. So I'm like, dang, so you already primed up and you're ready to do this again. I just, you know, 
that 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 comes to a point where you know obviously both of us should have taken more responsibility at that point but i'm just saying i'm, I'm just being really honest i was just caught off when that went down that particular night and so then for her to just go in that direction i didn't really know how to react it just kind of left me and I, I i was in a fog that's that's all i can explain and for that period that went by, it it you know how you have one of those things in the back of your mind, something that's always there, like you know you got a student loan and it's just sitting there forever, even yeah. if you're not paying it, you know it's there, you and it's just kind of yeah, it's it's just like you know this is there, you're gonna have to face the music eventually, and I had to face the music when I got that call one particular night saying this baby is here, you should come and see her. Um, wow, how am I supposed to feel? I there I didn't have that emotional bond with this woman. So, you know, I wasn't, the, the, it was a little, it was a pretty little baby brown skinned girl. And, you know, this, this went on, we made arrangements, I'll say, because it was almost like, it, it, like I said, I felt like I was putting a straight jacket in a way, but I says, okay, um, I was in my mid twenties at that point. I'm like, okay, her. You buffered again. You you buffered again. Okay. You said um, you were in your mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in my mid twenties. Uh, I said, okay. I, I was still in a. This baby was. There was no thing where there was a relationship beyond friendship with this woman, but this baby was here. So I says, okay, fine. I um, I'm I'm willing to put this father, uh, you know, this father hat on and, and see what happens. Um. Now, the thing that I'm going to remember most at that point is that my mother wanted to visit, you know, my cousin, her niece, her husband, and their two kids. And um, we were on the plane when I told my mother the story. Mm. I never, I, I did uh, the song, Usher had just, he had this song out called, I think it was called Think of You. And I just remember hearing that song either on the way to the airport or when we landed, I can't remember, but I just remember that Usher song being out around that time. And uh, my mother was like, okay, well, I mean, she didn't flip out. She didn't, we didn't even really deal with it because we were on a plane getting ready to go visit some relatives and we were just on our minds. Let's go have some fun for this. You know, I think we stayed there for about a week and, um, you know, when, after that week was over, we came back home. I says, okay, I, we, I have to deal with this. And, you know, I introduced the baby to my mother. And I just remember, you know, having father duties at that point. I remember being in the house with this child, you know, making formula and, you know, burping this baby and uh, watching her sleep and just building this connection, trying to build a connection really out of nothing. I don't mean as if, I didn't feel a, a, a connection with this baby. It was just still a fog to me how I was thrown from, here's a friend, now here's a baby. Now, you make the transition. How do you fill in those blanks? You know, I, at that point, I know a lot of friends who had, you know, one, two, three children at that point in life. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had always said, you know, if I could avoid it, I would prefer to have children when I'm with a woman who I want to be with. And, in that period that I knew her, that feeling never transitioned. It Again, as I said, we went from buddy-buddy to we lay down, this baby is here. 
And all of that stuff that's supposed to build up in the middle or before that just never happened. So if I'm, I'm thrown in fathership mode now and I'm just still in a fog, like, I don't, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know? So, all right. Let me ask you this. Wow. Man, I have a ton of questions. Um, so, but I'm, I'm going to try to keep them. Uh, all right. I get, uh, let me touch on logistics and I get back to the in-depth questions a little bit later. Logistically, being someone and, and a lot of my my other prospectors out there um, that have children and they're not married to the woman, we all know that there's a period of basically it's not as easy as, oh, you know, I now have the baby at my house. So I guess what I'm asking is what transpired for her to get to the point that at this time you're a dude that she still isn't that tight with. You know, you just a guy that she's talked to. How in the world do we get to the point where she's leaving her baby with you? Because I've been there. I know other men have been there where the mom almost is still acting like, number one, I'm going to use the baby as a pawn in order now to get more fill in the blank, whatever it is. Um, and now you're a father. And so I'm not going to give you the baby just yet. I'm going to hold this baby out. Or two, I just don't trust you. I'm not going to have my baby over there with you. So how in the world did it even get to the point where she almost was like, okay, I have a baby and all right, here you go. Take it over your house. (laughs) Well, BP, I I can't even fathom what went on in her mind, because like I said, we weren't having these deep conversations. You know, it's Mm. funny. So I, I remember telling this story to my mother and she, I remember her reaction I'm not going to say it was strange, but it was unexpected because you never know how women are going to deal with that particular situation. Explaining to her. Oh, are you beginning to buffer? Oh, man. Why, man? I know. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Three, two, bring it back. Let's see how it sounds. And I don't hear anything right now. I don't hear the mute. Okay, there you go. Sound okay. like coming back. Maybe that changed something. I just moved it over. Um, there you go. Sound good. I, I remember explaining this situation to my mother, and you can never be sure how a woman's going to react. You know, it, the the key thing to remember here, and well, I'm not going to say remember because obviously you know this story, but you know, for your you know your listeners don't know, but. The, the scenario I'm breaking down to my mother is actually a scenario that she went through that brought me here. Mm. She was in a situation where a guy, obviously she became pregnant and the guy didn't really want to be a father. So I, I'm a, I'm a product of that. It's like a, mm. a situation where my mother was like, look, this is my baby. You can go on about your life or that, mm. just, that went on. I never even met that man. Um, So when I brought this story to her, I didn't know how she would react. And she says to me, you know, um, you you don't have to stay in this situation if you don't want to. I I don't really know what made her say that, considering that that's a situation she had been in. But it it, it struck me. I'm like, how did, why did, I I don't understand how my mother reacted that way. I think she was putting herself in my shoes even though she was a woman and a woman who had already been through that, but she took the position that says, 
she didn't say this verbally, but it was almost like she was saying to me, you know, that's not a good thing that women should do. Um, she made the decision personally for herself to have a baby. But at the same time, she didn't put this pressure on a man to accept the responsibilities of being a father. If that's not what he had in mind, that's not where their relationship was. And that's what she said to me. But somewhere along the line, I felt like, well, I was at the age, I was at that age. And I says, well, you know, maybe this is something, this is something that I should do. So I, I went on ahead. I accepted the responsibility. It was never anything that went to the court system. There was never anything about child support. You know, this little girl stayed with her the majority of the time with this woman. And, you know, those few days of the week that she needed her house and she knew what my work schedule was. I would keep the baby. My mother knew the baby. My mm. mom was starting to her, you know, other shoes. And it just, it just kind of went from, it just kind of went there. You know, she would bring the child's clothes over. She would bring the, the formula over and I would sit there and play with the baby, watching TV or doing whatever I was doing. And it just, it just kind of progressed. And I don't know, this went on for maybe a couple of months. Uh, I was just, you know, I was adjusting to it. I'm like, this is a, a situation, I'm, this is new to me. I've never been a father, a father before. And I was just adjusting, you know, I was starting to learn. I was starting to, you know, talk to other guys about having babies, you know, you know, what's your experience with, with children, you know? <clears throat> and um, this is where things really get really strange, right? Yeah. Um, one day, my mother and I were home and it was you know, I would say late afternoon. I would, well, man, I don't know, maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon. So there's a, the doorbell rings. And, you know, people pop up. Oh, man, you can't buffer now. No, you can't buffer now. Hold on. Hold on. This is difficult. All right. All right. Hold on. Let's, let's bring this back. All right. Go ahead. Let's try it again. Man, I don't know how you're going to chop okay. this up. <laughs> it's going to be adventurous. It's going to be adventurous. All right, right now, you're sounding good. You're, you're sounding okay. It seems like the more you start talking, after a while, it's like the, the internet just can't keep up. So um, I think probably taking some pauses in there might help. But okay. go ahead. All right. So it, it was the strangest thing. Uh, one day. Doorbell rang. Yeah, the doorbell rings one day. You know how black folks are. You look out the window, see who is this that popped up without calling. And you see a strange car. <laughs> you see a strange car in your driveway and you don't know who it is. So I, I went on ahead. My mother was looking like, well, well who is this? I went on ahead and answered the door. And uh, God, what should I call? I call this guy Brian. So I opened the door and there's a man standing there. He's about my age, about my height. And there's an older woman standing with him who turns out to be his mother. And they introduced themselves and they say, do you know such and such? I'm like, yeah. Oh, is your name Chris? Like, yeah. Well, you know, he was like, well, my name is Brian. This is my mother. Uh, you know, I was dating this woman also. And so, you know, she had a baby. I'm like, yeah, of course I know. You know the baby's been over here. I've taken care of this, you know, the, the baby for, it's been a couple of months now. 
And he says, uh, he says, well, you know, I, I got a lot to talk to you about. And he's like, do you mind if we come in? I'm like, sure. So Brian, myself, his mother, my mother, we sat at the dining room table and we just chopped it up. And this is what I'm saying about how crazy this story got, because he went into talking about how he had been dating her. You know, he had mm. been with her for a while. Uh, him. Oh, we, we got it. Right, let's let's get your system together again. I'm gonna mute you for a second. Let me catch the audience back up here. So. Uh, I know y'all, we, we chopping around and, and, and everything may not necessarily be the best here, but that's okay because we're going to make it work because I really want this story told. So just to recap. So here it is. He has this baby, tells his mom, and now the baby is coming over. And so I'm certainly going to make an assumption at the mom uh, and just understanding women, understanding, you know, grandmothers that you know, this was going to be certainly a child that she would be excited about. And then it sounds like everybody's getting settled into the fact that now Christopher actually, okay, he has a child. And then there's a knock at the door and some guy comes in and it's like, hey, well, I was dating her too. Um, that's, that's kind of a trip. I mean, this is like the nightmare scenario that I've read about, I've heard about this happening. I've heard, I've heard numerous stories of men finding out that there was another man that thinks he could be the father of some, his own child, his own child. I mean, I'm trying to put it as nice as I can, his own child. And somebody else comes knocking at the door saying, you know what, I'm the father, or I think I might be the father. Now, let me back up and then we're gonna bring Christopher back in here again. But understand that, that as crazy as we look at Jerry Springer and Maury Povich and all these kinds of shows out here, they exist because this happened fairly often. And unfortunately, it's something that we still don't talk about. And that's why I wanted to do this show. When I listen to, I read stories online, I listen to other shows and guys calling in, there are dudes that are well-grown after the kid is paid for only to find out later on that, well, mama actually got with somebody else and there's a question about paternity. I don't, I don't, again, whatever your position is on, you know, I guess I can't, I probably shouldn't say the word on YouTube, but whatever your position is on this political agenda, political uh, hot button issue they like to put out on a woman getting rid of her baby, Whatever it is, this is why I at least hope all of you will at least support any kind of legislation that at least says every child being born should be DNA tested. It is the 21st century. I've been there. I have been there. And I can tell you that when I was there, it was even frowned upon for a man to even suggest that a DNA test takes place. And of course, women act like I'm so appalled. I can't believe I can't believe you would accuse me of that. This is almost the same exact question or, or same exact uh, response we get when a married man, a man is about to get married and he says, hey, would you do me a favor? Would you sign a prenuptial agreement? I can't believe you would ask me to sign that. What about love? Love don't have anything to do with paying the bills because marriage is first. First, marriage is a business arrangement. That's why you may get married. <laughs> you may get married in the church, but you get divorced down at the courthouse. 
the church doesn't divorce you unless we're talking about certain kind of religions. But by and large, the church doesn't divorce you. It's not done down there at the courthouse. Now, then I know we can, we can get into the religious part. Well, you know what you do before God, blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is you get divorced down at the courthouse. It's a business arrangement. So when men find out that a child is not theirs, and last stats I heard is right around $250,000 per child is the estimated cost of taking care of a baby its entire or taking care of a, a human being from zero to 18 years old, about 250. Now, as a man that has four kids that I've had living with me, I always say I have a million dollar family. So if I get a knock at the door and somebody says, well, that kid, you know, actually, I'm, I think I'm the father, I'm going to be pretty pissed. Because that's a quarter of a million dollars that I've spent. And as a homeschooling father, I've also spent more of my time because I didn't pay somebody else to go do that. So I'm really going to be pissed to find out that somebody else might be the father. So let's bring you back in here. And I, I, again, I want to set the stage. Um, and I hope everything works out because you definitely get into the tripped out part of this story where now this guy shows up. And so he says to you, that and and I don't know if you made it clear. I hope I didn't miss it. Did he say to you, "I could be the father"? Because it sounded like he said, "I was seeing her at the same time," and then y'all they all came into the house and y'all started chopping it up. No, he said he confirmed. She says, "No, well, she told me that the baby is mine mm. because because he had been seeing her. I had no idea who this person was." Um, it's funny because I can go forward and backward with this story because I was trying to put everything together. His mother, my mother, and the, the, the two of us, four of us, sat in that dining room for about four hours just comparing notes. Just, well, where were you on this date? Well, where was the baby on that date? Well, where did she, what did she tell you where she was on that date? And we were just going back and forth, putting these pieces together. And all four of us were looking at each other like, wow, this, this woman is playing a game right now. Um, it was really an, an unreal situation. Just, just to sit and, and watch it unfold. And you got two men sitting here, two black men, two tall black men. And, you know, we both sit with our mothers and we're all looking like, what is going on here? Um, and so after, we all along really well. It wasn't about us. It was like, we were all, okay, what about the baby? We're all developing this, dang, what kind of, what is this chick trying to pull? we're looking at her in that way, but there's a baby thrown up in the mix. And then you got these two black men. Okay. She was black. Obviously I'm going to tell you that she was obvious. She was black also, but um, it was just a really strange after, after this whole meeting was done and we had compared almost every note that we could. The, the, the funny thing about it is that she's telling me that the baby was mine. Then she was telling him the baby was his but she named the child after him wow and i gotta ask this because this is uh from a from a week from sunday to saturday mm -hmm. so what was the baby did she figure out you know what i, I want to go out tonight let me see which daddy i should call to see who's gonna keep the baby i mean how <laughs> how did she divvy up visitation between the two fathers you know it was genius, whatever she was doing. But that was like when, when she when he told me that, because his name is Brian and she calls the baby Brianna. And I'm just like, oh, OK, she didn't name the baby after me. So I'm just like, what is that saying? I, you know, OK, you telling me this. 
after we sat there for about four hours and and really just figured all of this out, we 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 decided to set a trap for her, right? Oh, we all just got together. It's like, okay, what are you doing on such and such date? You know, next week, <clears throat> and we mapped it out. And well, I know she's gonna. I'm gonna call her and have her drop the baby off. <clears throat> you guys sit around the corner and wait for her to show up, and we gonna set a little trap for her. And that's exactly what happened. And that was the most that's that's just something I'm, I'm never going to forget because it, it got really there were tears there was screaming well how could you do this you know what are you trying to do who's the father here my mother was caught in the middle of all of this you know she took the baby she held well, the baby I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry let, let, me, let me just pause you one second because I mean <laughs> I'm tripping out on how this, let, let's, let's get a visual for this because I'm imagining, <coughs> you know, let's be nice. We won't call it a trap because mm. in the 21st century, we would call this an intervention. So mm. you had an intervention with her. So, mm. I mean, tell me, obviously, you know, I don't know if she pays attention to cars or whatever. I want to know what was her, what was the look on her face when she walked inside that room and saw y'all together? Cause I imagine she never imagined you two would have met no 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 that's not how it happened what i'm saying okay is we okay set, we we set it up where okay i'm gonna call her and have her bring the baby over here i you know it was a couple days later okay. and um you and your mother parked the car around the corner so when she pulls right. up she won't see you so then that's exactly what happened she pulled up she rung the doorbell we let her in she came in with the baby and then like five or ten minutes later brian and his mother rung the doorbell and then they came in and so the look on her face was like what is this and oh, this definitely sounds like some Jerry Springer stuff right it, here. It it would have been made for Jerry Springer because the finger pointing started, the, the shouting started, the crying started. It was um this it could have been, I don't know if it not necessarily a sitcom. I don't know one of those made-for-TV type movies. I don't know, but it was mm -hmm. surreal. And I just remember people were shouting and screaming. And I remember that it was the most pivotal moment when my mother took that baby. And she went down the steps toward the basement. And my mother started crying. It's like, you know, can y'all stop this? Look what y'all doing to this baby right here. And that's, you know, it's, it's just that, that was a time, I'm just, I'm never gonna forget that. Um, it, whatever happened after that, because everything is gonna be a blur after that point. I just remember that at a certain point, okay, let me throw this in here too, because it's something else that I remember. One of her friends, she had introduced me to some time before. I knew this woman well enough where I knew where she lived. And I went over there to talk to her one day. And she was like, well, yeah, I knew about Brian all this time. She had been dating him. Oh, wow. So she revealed that to me. And, um, you know, she told me the little bit that she knew about their relationship or whatever. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. She couldn't say. She had no idea who, well, who do you think the father is here? You know, I'm, I'm estimating that if this is based on the night we were together, then that baby had been born like a month early to me. Um, and, you know, the, the woman, she couldn't, the, the, you know, her, the, this woman couldn't help me. She was like, I couldn't tell you, you know, it could be either one of you. This sounds like something y'all gonna have to get a test over because she has, you know, she's told me that she's been dating this guy. She also told me about you, you know, talking to me. Mm. And it was just, damn, what? I don't know. What am I supposed to do with this? Um, the situation, I didn't see that baby again. 
And mm. from what I understood, some time passed and she ended up marrying some guy and I think moving out of state. So I don't, to this day, I still don't know what happened to that situation. And really I'm putting this out here for the first time because it's just something that, you know, I've spoken to you about it. I've spoken to a few of my friends about it. Obviously my mother knows about it, but you know, I, it's one of them things that's always, like I said, like a student loan, it's in the back of your mind. Like there was no closure there. There was no, I don't know. Do, do I have a child out there who I don't know? Did I get played? Was this somebody else's baby? So what it looks like to me is that she last on, she got another guy and both of the guys who were accused in that situation. I don't think either one of us, had anything to do with that baby. She went on and she married another guy. And from so what I understand- Brian, I was gonna say, so Brian didn't marry her either. You know what? I can't guarantee that, but it's from what I remember, she didn't, obviously I didn't get with her and I don't think Brian did either. And I believe she married another guy. She moved and she raised her two children with herself and this other man. So I have no idea what happened with that? I have no idea if I have a child out there. I have no idea what that child looks like. And it's, it's one of them things like, I, you know, now I have two scenarios like that in my own life where I deal with mm. a person who could be my, who is my biological father who I've never met. And then I'm dealing with the situation of, is it possible that I got a child out there that I've never known? And I, it's, it's a thing of, do you want to open up this do I really want to open that door and go venture down there to find out something and then just create a situation that maybe I should just leave alone? I've left it alone for all of this time, but it's always that thing in the back of my mind. Like, what if, is it possible? Should I have gotten a DNA swab? And, you know, I've, I've never really fleshed that out too much because it, it happened so long ago. I've just moved on with my life, but it's always one of them things that's going to be sitting in the back of my mind, you know? Well, I, I certainly think, and you said, what, this was in the 90s? Yeah. You know, in the 90s, um, I don't know if you remember what, what everything with O.J. Simpson. I think that was 94, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. So we certainly know that was when we started hearing about this thing called DNA. Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless of whether anybody thinks O.J. did it or not, one thing is for sure, I do think had this trial, if this trial, if it was to take place right now, we probably be like, oh, yeah, he did it once we heard all this stuff about DNA, because we do put a lot of faith in DNA now. At that time, it was still new. So even then, probably to think, well, I'm going to, you know, and, and as I said earlier for myself as well, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and find out if this baby is mine. I think the test used to be like $500. Mm -hmm. And certainly it wasn't easy to get. It wasn't easy to do. And it certainly wasn't as easy as going to Walgreens and picking up a, a kit and saying hello let's go ahead and send this in um and so it was it was pretty difficult if, if dare i say that was really the golden age for women because paternity you know could really be if you didn't know i mean all you had was her word and so 
I say the golden age because we didn't even have all those websites like Ancestry.com, genealogy sites that now they said that they, you can go look this up online. Don't just take my word for it. They said that one of the problems, again, put you can put that in air quotes if you want. One mm. of the problems that they're having with these tests is that, yeah, people are finding out where they're from. They're finding out that their daddy ain't their daddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they thought... They're looking at that family tree. It was like, oh, we got to make another branch here because now that we had the DNA done, we don't have a match. And so um, it wouldn't have been easy for you to do it back then as mm -hmm. it would be for now. So um, let me go. Uh, let me ask the obvious, if I may, and then we're going to continue because I want to go back. I know there are a lot of people. I'm going to go to to my fellow church folk. I'll go to probably every single one of the ones, ones, not even tens of women that may watch my program. Um, they're going to say, you know what? And I wrote it down. You said that, you know, you really couldn't see yourself as a father unless you had some kind of emotional attachment with the woman. Mm -hmm. Yet you did not have an emotional attachment with her, but you, uh, here I am, R-A-W, as uh, Big Daddy Kane said. Uh, why did you do that? Because that was your chance. You you didn't want that, so why did you go ahead and smash anyway? You really got to ask that question. <laughs> I do because because you know that is exactly what somebody's somebody is saying. And I can already tell you the the average the average church going person is saying, "Well, it's his fault." I mean, he 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 knew this about himself anyway, and he still went on ahead and did it anyway. And you know, every single woman that's listening to this is saying, saying and, that's, and why, that's why if I want to get rid of this baby, I should be able to do it because he had a chance to make a choice there. So he shouldn't have nothing to say about what I do beyond that. Oh, man. I mean, wow. All, all I can do is, is just put myself in the mindset that I was, I was at that point. And my mindset at that point was I haven't found the woman that I'm ready to be serious with. Now, in the meantime, I'm having some fun. I'm doing my thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm clubbing, you know, every week I'm meeting different people. Sometimes these things turn into something for the night. Sometimes they don't sometimes like, nah, I'm, I'm not really feeling this person, but it, it never, because it, it never turned into something more than what it was supposed to be. I never really had to think about it that way. Um, I'm in essence, laying down with a woman that I'm a friend with. And you know how you've heard these type of relationships where people say, well, we're friends with benefits. It was, and right. it wasn't even benefits because it happened one time. So I'm saying in my mind, we haven't made this jump from we're friends who, you know, we like to laugh and have fun together. We might watch a movie together occasionally, but there's just that whole thing that's missing between we're friends. Here's a baby. <clears throat> emotionally I never made that jump and I didn't know that I was expected to make that jump because I'm not the one who made the phone call to go up there as I said if I would have thought that was going to go down I would have I would have went there prepared but because we were in that friend zone I never took it upon myself to, to even think to that could go down and you know what and come to think of it <sighs> I, I had already done that with her before. I had already spent mm. the night at her place where nothing happened, you know? So I didn't think that night would have been anything different. And then all of a sudden, bam, okay. So I, you, I, I don't know how women are looking at this because maybe that's something that, you know, people do from time to time, but I'm just saying 
how many women invite a man up into their place, you know, late hours between 10 a.m. and I mean, 10 p.m. and two in the morning? What's on your mind when you ask a man to come over to your house at that time of night? I mean, that that that's what goes back. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, why did you call me up there that night? You know, what did you have? Now, if that was if that was the truth, then you know, I wouldn't even be able to tell you this story tonight. But that's, <laughs> I, I have to think back, and I had to think back for years after that. Like, well, why did you call me up there that night? Well, well, you know, it's it's almost like how how dastardly can you think? I mean, how bad did did you plan on being in this situation? I mean, what, what I'm saying is, let's imagine. As I remember, this baby was born eight months after the fact, which means if the baby, I don't know if that's true or not. What if the baby was born at nine months like it was supposed to be born and it was actually Brian's baby? And then she said, because when I calculated if the night that we got together, it would have been eight months for me. So I'm like, what is she trying to do here? And why you if if, if this baby is not mine, that means you did lay with lay down with this guy the previous month. And then you lay down with me the next month, knowing the possibility that this mix up could happen or perhaps not thinking about it. I don't my question is, what was going on in her mind at that time? I know as men, that's something we don't have to really deal with because we're not the ones who's going to get pregnant. But <clears throat> if you know you're dealing with one guy already, what is your intention in calling another guy between, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night? And then this goes down. Was this something that she planned? Was she well, going through? Go ahead. No, I was going to say that I think it's kind of, I'm going to ask you the question you just asked me. You really got to ask that question. I mean, we know that the answer is she needed her back blown out and she wanted you to be the dude. I mean, to me, this is now that I'm older, I see it. I see it, I guess, from not being in the matrix. When I was younger, I would have been a little bit more baffled. Now that I'm older, I think we see this with married women all the time see it with boyfriend, long-term girlfriend, whatever, those relationships all the time where a woman, and this is one reason why they ask the difference on why men can't, why men can have female friends and why women quote unquote, cannot have female friends. Like one of the shows would always show a woman to be like, Oh yeah, you know, men, they can have some female friends, but I can have my male friends. And they say, well, here's the deal. I want you to send your male friend a text right now and tell him that you a little bit lonely and you want him to come over and hit and see what he says. And almost every single case, the woman starts to be like, no, no, I'm not. No, no, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. And I don't think I've watched any of the cases because they do this fairly frequently. I don't think I've watched one yet where the dude was just like, no, you're my friend. I would not do anything like that. And so I think she had you around because you were that friend. You were that friend that, yeah, she could talk to. Yeah, she could trip out. Yeah, she could have some fun with. And she probably even considered you obviously safe enough that she could even have you over at her house. And she knew, and, and this goes back to the statement that's made all the time. Men are the gatekeepers of a relationship, but women are the gatekeepers for sex. And she decided to give you the golden Willy Wonka ticket for that night in order for you to get some because she was the gatekeeper for it. And so... Sure enough, bam, it was done so sweet. It had to be a plan because like you said, she knew when she called you over, it was going to go down and she wasn't going to call. He, he could have pissed her off her, her, another dude could have pissed her off mm -hmm. that night. And she was like, 
I can call Chris. I know he'll come over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, uh, it goes on all the time. I know. Oh, I know, you know we lost you for a second. You know, you, you, you've done a good job because I'm saying, I don't think you noticed this, but it, in the previous 10 minutes, you were talking and I had actually slipped off a line completely. Oh, <laughs> I heard a dude, dude, because I heard you go, mm-hmm. So I, I thought you were still there because you were still showing up here. So yeah, you still I had you I in had, at least. I had to reconnect my internet. I was completely off the internet and I, I was, it was fortunate that you had been talking all that time. So when I logged in, it was almost like I wasn't missing, but I was gone for about okay. two minutes. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good. Um, um, so, I mean, that that is a, that's a trip. That's a trip. Let me ask you this, um, mm-hmm. because I think this plays into it as well. What was the role of your father in your life? Now, you mentioned that here, I mean, man, I got to come back to that. But now, what what role did a dad have in your life? And I'm going to come back to what you said in a moment, but I'll just start there. Well, understand, um, you know, when, when, when men are having this discussion now, because there's a whole lot of discussion in the manosphere now, like, don't take on somebody, don't take on somebody's child that's not yours. And, you know, I can't, fully buy everything that's being said there because I think every situation has to be judged individually because it's one thing to say this woman has a she's just got a record of having two three four kids with two or three different guys that's one thing but I can't speak one 100 on that scenario like don't take on somebody else's kid because if I was to take that view if the man who raised me would have took that view then I would have grew up without a father also so the intriguing thing about this is the man who was not my biological, but he was a father in every essence of the word, he passed away the year before this happened, you know? And I just remember, you know, I I grew up in a house with a father and, you know, being able to lean on this man and, and grow up in a household with two parents. And I just remember having a conversation sometime in it was probably about 92 or 93. And he says to me, you know, what are you going to do when I'm not here? And it was, uh, it, 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 it made me take a pause for a minute. And I thought, I'm like, why did he say that? Because I don't think it was two years went by that, that he passed away. And those conversations that I would have liked to have had with him by that age in my life, I couldn't have at that point. And now I'm, I'm, I'm being pushed into a situation that, okay, you could say I chose it because I laid down with this woman, but I didn't choose it because it wasn't a situation where I was expecting this was going to lead to a baby and being forced into a situation that I didn't really want to be in. But I, I look back at that now and I'm like, dang, I, I wonder how he would have reacted because at that point I only was able to tell my mother what was going down. I just wonder how he would have reacted if he had still been alive because he took on the role of, of, of taking on a woman with a child that wasn't his. So I'm just, it, it's, it, it, it's something that's always going to be sitting in the back of my mind. Obviously that situation just kind of disappeared, but I do wonder how he, what he would have said to me at that point, because he chose to, okay, I, I love this woman. This woman comes with this child. So if I'm going to take her, I have to take him. She gave me, he gave me his last name and I grew up with two parents. 
those mm-hmm. conversations that I wish I could have had at that point. I, another thing, it's, it's a thing that's always going to be sitting. That's another thing that I have to put in the vault because I'm never going to know. But I do remember having a conversation around that time with my mother's brother because he had also been through that same situation. And it was a, like a little family secret. People would say in the family, like, everybody knows this girl is the daughter, but she's never been officially welcomed into the family. And so I remember having a conversation with him and he was saying to me, well, you know, you, she was your wife that night, you know, and it, it just left me so com, com, conflicted because I just felt like, why, how, why are you telling me this when you never officially brought your quote unquote daughter into the family? It was like, it was just, it was, <laughs> I look back at that now, man, these are stories. I'm just, I, how am I supposed to deal with that? All the contradictions that's going on. So he said she was your wife that night. Yeah. So that was, I mean, to me, this is the church conversation right here. This well, this is why I asked the question I did about, I know church folk. So it sounds like he's basically saying, you know, yeah, you need to be that dad because she was your wife that night. So mm-hmm. since she was special enough to sleep with her, mm-hmm. then, you know, you need to quote air quotes again for my podcast people. You need to step up mm-hmm. and, and okay. So would he, do you think, do you think he would have said that to her? Do, okay. Say what to her? So that, that, or let me say, let's say if, um, do you think if she would have wanted to get rid of the baby, do you think the same message would have been given to her? Well, he, you, he was your husband that night. So yes, you should keep that baby. Or do you think that they would have been like, well, you know, it's your choice. It's your body. You know, when I think about the fact now I'm speaking on this uncle. Now, when I think about what he went through, uh, I believe that in the scenario that he was in, he probably would have wished that that woman would have, you know, terminated the pregnancy. I can't Mm. say that for sure, but I'm just saying Mm. I've never met this girl before who's supposed to be his daughter, but all of the people in the family say that's his daughter. It's just kind of unspoken in the family. She hasn't, you know, the red carpet, she's never been to any of their family reunions. Mm. I've never never met her. So I just thought that was kind of, like, how can you say that to me, yep. but you didn't take that same stance when it happened to you? And yep. I'm not I'm not I'm not pointing the finger at him because we all we all go through this drama, not knowing exactly how to act and what to do. So I'm not you know, I'm not pointing a finger at him. I'm just saying I'm getting all of these different. It, it trips me out how. My mother says you can walk away if you want to. But then her brother tells me, you need to step up because she was your wife for the night. That just had such a conflict in my mind. And I'm, you know, like I said, it's been some years. It's been a few decades now. And obviously that situation has passed on. But the the confusion of that moment has never gone away. And it's always going to linger in the back of my mind of who is this little girl? Mm, mm. So... Here we are. And I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that about your dad. Um, I mean, I guess I'm just really tripping out at the, I'll say the dilemma that you were in at a subconscious level that subconsciously, as you said, you know what life was like for your mom. You have your biological father and you have your father. Mm -hmm. And here now you are in a position 
like you said, you could repeat this exact same process all over again. Um, let me ask this question. Why were you not ready to be a father at that time? Let's say, how would your life have been? Why, why didn't you, why would you say you were not ready outside of you still out in the club doing your thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But why were you not ready? And now let's say, knowing what you know from your friends, mm -hmm. how do you think your life would have been differently had that guy never showed up at your door? Wow. Wow, what my life has been. What would my life have been? I think um, I'm going to be quite honest. Um, I, I think whether that's going to happen or not, I think she would have moved on because the point is we were not together. Uh, regardless of what went down with her and him, like you, me, and she, I, I don't think anything would have changed. I think she would have moved on because she needed a father for her two children. I don't know what happened between her and Brian. It, our relationship never made that turn into relationship. So, I, you know, I, I don't, I'll say this. I don't, I don't wish anything ill on her because I, I think her situation worked out well. From what I understand, I think she did get married. Uh, she found a guy who took on both of those kids. And who knows where they are now? I have no idea. But I, I firmly believe that I don't I don't think that would have changed because we both knew we're not going to have a relationship. Um, and, you know, I, I admire when, we, when women do that, when they understand, like, this relationship is not meant to be. You know, maybe that that night was a mistake, but she continues on with her life. She's able to pick up the pieces. And there's another man in the picture that says, well, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm with this woman. She's got these two kids and I'm, they're my kids now. So I honestly, I don't think anything would have changed had I not had Brian not knocked on my door that day. I don't, I don't think so, but you know, none, none of us could tell the future, but I just don't think anything would have changed. Well, if you don't mind, can I throw in my two cents? Man, throw in your 50 cent. <laughs> I spent a lot more than 50 cent. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this is, again, the other frustrating part about this situation I think that most men have. In theory, we don't know what was going on from what it seems with the first dad that of with her first daughter. And so she has one kid. Let's assume that we at least know the possibility was there for her to be collecting a child support check for, mm -hmm. for that daughter. Mm -hmm. Then we know that either you, let's say if the guy would never have showed up at the door, you would have been paying child support. Odds are, because one thing about child support, even if she would have just made, you know, if, 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 if I would have been counseling and advising you at this time, even if she would have said, don't worry, let's just work it out. You just pay me $100 every month or every week or whatever. And I'd be like, nope, you better get down to your courthouse. Get that. I know it's hard. But you better get it because you don't want her waiting until that kid is 12, 13, 14 years old and going back, getting retroactive child support, saying that you never paid and you don't have your receipt showing that you had paid for this child all this time. So, you know, but either way it goes, she would have been getting financial financial uh, payments from you. So now those are two guys. And then she is able to go out and find another dude. I'm going to assume that if, if she was really packed like that, maybe she, it sounded like she had a little bit of game about herself and she knew how to get a man. 
that it and I'm assuming she was a little on the younger side too. So she still was at that age where she had it popping. So then she could go get a third guy. And guy number three pays his share. Mm-hmm. And guy number one is paying his. And guy number she got three checks coming in. You talk about multiple sources of income. Mm-hmm. But for you, you would have been paying child support on that child for nearly, if not more than two decades. Mm-hmm. And then it would have impacted you in any other relationship you would have had after that. Mm-hmm. Because you would never, if if you were not in a financial place to take care or at least felt that you could take care. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume you were living with your mom at that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you wasn't balling out. You wasn't living out in your own crib and, and you're doing your own thing. So you still living with moms, your own self. So you would have been paying child support that would have set you back. And then any other relationship you would have wanted to have, I don't know when your club and years stopped, but they would have stopped a whole lot sooner because you would have been on dad duty on the weekends. Mm-hmm. More than likely, if that would have been when you wanted to see your child. And I'm, I'm making that assumption off of you because of the importance of being a father of what it seems to be to you because of what you watch your dad and what you've watched with the biological man. And so it sounds like that would have been something that would have been important for you. So your life would have been set back and you probably would, it would have taken you at least two decades for you to get back on a path of being, uh, I use the term financially, at least a little bit more financially free. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, she has three checks coming in because I, I, you and I both know the game enough to know that guy number three that's taking care of her and her kids, she probably doesn't make more money than he does. And she probably wouldn't be with him unless he made a certain amount of money and could take care of two other kids by another guy. I mean, this is the stuff that Kevin Samuels always talked about the whole time. Mm-hmm. How the game gets down. So, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you look at yourself as though you dodged a bullet? <laughs> Yeah, I, I can definitely say that because I've heard, you know, just numerous horror stories of what men go through when they get mixed up in the court because of a child, you know, being born. So I, I definitely look at it that way. Um, you know, when, when I revisit that time, I, I remember that I had just I had got out of another relationship. Uh, I, I was living in in a house and it was just like. My intention was, okay, this was a whole different woman from the story I just told, but I was living with this woman for like two years. And, you know, you, you always think, well, this is the one, you know, and that relationship kind of fizzled and it just became like a revolving door. It was a situation where different women were coming in, people were coming in and people were sleeping over, people were moving in. Well, I'm moving in, I'm bringing my friend with me and it's her girlfriend. It was like, it was a situation where I had three different women up in the house at one time. Um, I had been with two of them. And then the third woman was somebody my boy was kicking it with. And then after that situation just kind of fizzled, actually it's, damn, I look back now, like actually four, there were four women. There were at least three women living in that house at one time. And then it was a point where it was two, then it was four. I was like, damn, I look back now, like I got with three out of the four women that was living in that house at that point. And I'm just like, wow, again, what, what am I doing here? Now, after that whole thing fizzled out and, you know, I, 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 you know, after that whole thing, you know, blew over, I ended up moving back to my mom's house because I was trying to plan for what my next move was. You know, that lasted for a few years. 
And then this whole situation that I just broke down went down. So I'm just like, man, what, 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 what's going on in life right now? I, 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 I was in this scenario where I had a revolving door with all these women laying their heads in my house. And then I get out of that situation and I almost had a baby that to this day, I don't know anything about what happened to that child if, it was re- if that child was really mine. So yeah, definitely I could say I dodged a bullet because who knows what my life would be right now. I'm moving around here. My headphones were going out on me. So I hope that busy signal that, that it was giving me to the low battery didn't get on air, but um, I still caught most of that for sure. Hmm. Um, wow. Um, all right, let me ask you this. Hmm. As you look back at that time period, um, if you were to get that knock on the door, as a man, what would you tell that child? If that, if they, you get that knock saying, hey, uh, are you my father? Would mm-hmm. you tell the child the truth? Would you cover up for the mom? What would you do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume you probably ran that scenario through your head once or twice before over the years. Well, quite honestly, I, I couldn't give that child the truth because there was never any test done. So how could I say I, I can't I don't have I, there was no closure on that situation. There was no certainty in that situation. So that child today might be in the same situation that I feel like I'm in right mm. now by not knowing a man who probably fathered me, but at mm. least biologically. So mm. if that was to happen to me one day, I would say it would be time to go and take this test. That's what I would honestly say, because I honestly can't say I feel like. Two things tell me that this child might not have been mine. The story that says the child was born premature and the fact that you named this child after the other guy. Those are two things. I, that, okay, that I would, if that child came up on my doorstep today, that's what I would say. I says, these are the two things that lead me to believe that I, I'm probably not your father. But if it's something that people need to know, it would be that time to take that step and have that DNA analysis because I have no idea. Why do you think she chose you and said, well, it's, I, I, we can't say she just said that you were the father because she told him that he was. I'm, I'm even tripping. How long did she think this was going to go on? I mean, <laughs> was this going to go on for like years and years and years of, of both of y'all thinking? I mean, that that speaks of the lunacy in and of itself. But, um, okay, let me ask this question. I'm, I'm Forget the one I was about to ask. Hmm. Man, how come you didn't recognize this chick was crazy? I think she covered it up pretty well. Hmm. Um, tell, tell, I, I, drop some game on the young fellas that figure that they know it all. You Go ahead. <laughs> drop some game on them. No, what I'm saying is that there were certain discussions and arguments that we had had up until that point that let me know, like, mm, what's going on with you? But, but then again, like I said, when I say I saw these instabilities, we'll call them, I didn't really take them seriously because I wasn't planning on going anywhere with her. Hmm. So... I look back now and I have to ask, you know, the best question I could ask right now is how would this have turned out if Brian hadn't knocked on my door? Mm -hmm. How long could this charade have gone on without me knowing about it? That's the first question. The second question is, I'm trying to remember how he found, oh, you know what? That's a piece that I left out because everybody had their little black book back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. And he found my contact information just going through her stuff. And he, he happened to come across this name 
And I don't know what he knew about me. I don't know if she had ever mentioned my name, but he took enough upon it to say, let me go talk to this guy, you mm-hmm. know? And you, you know, the, the one thing that I'm really happy about, because I, I don't know, a, a lot of times men get into squabs that have to do with a woman. Yes. And I'm so appreciative that mm. he found my contact information. He came over, he introduced himself. We had a good talk. There was never any animosity. We never argued. We compared notes. His mother, my mother kicked it. The four of us would just exchange stories like, wow. I'm I'm glad he came over. Because like I said, to this day, I don't know what would have happened. How long would that have gone on had he not knocked on my door on that day? Yeah. Man, that is a great point because that's one thing, man. A lot of these busters out here, you know, that was one of the things I always taught my sons. Y'all better not be out here fighting over no woman. You sit up there fighting over a woman, you get locked up and go to jail and she ended up banging your boy anyway. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? I mean, you know, man, you, man, you, that, that was a very good point that at least he was the type of dude that had enough sense that, you know, he wasn't showing up. He respected you didn't know either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, almost like, um, I'm thinking of Snoop Dogg, was it Snoop and Jody, uh, Snoop mm-hmm. and the Tyrese and, um, baby boy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, where dudes always want to beef. And it's involved in the woman. And y'all know every single show. I'm going to talk about my man, Dr. Tiasan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Dr. Johnson talks about proxy violence. Mm-hmm. We oftentimes still talk about violence against women, et cetera, et cetera. But when we start really, when we start looking at the statistics, again, that are right there next to each other in terms of women hitting men, men hitting women. But he always says the other one you have to bring in is proxy violence. When they get their uncle, when they get their brother, or when they get their boyfriend Mm -hmm. to beat the other dude up. Mm -hmm. And if he would have been that kind of dude, Mm -hmm. I could see him coming trying to beef with you. And now you beefing with him just just for your own manhood's sake. Like, look, Blair, I didn't know either, but I ain't going to let you punk me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but let me go on this real quick, because this I'm, I'm struck to see this. And you've explained where your father was at. I don't know if you know where Brian's father was at, but it sounds like you said all four of y'all were talking, but there's not another grown man at the table. Mm-hmm. That to me, that's important because. I know I've watched how my mom related to my oldest son's mother. And at the end of the day, it can never be my side, her side or whatever, only because my mother is still going to side with, you know, again, it's that thing of love flowing downhill, man loves a woman, woman loves her children. (laughs) And so, and then we can throw the grandchildren in there. That love doesn't really flow uphill. And so my, I watched how my mother still always wanted to make sure I got to have a relationship with my grandchild. Mm -hmm. And so I find it interesting that the other men that were at the table or you two guys weren't in that position to really do much of anything because you're victims. And I'm going to use the term. You both were victims. You were emotionally abused and you were a victim. Let's call it the way we would call it on the other side. Mm -hmm. But then on this end, there's no, man that is like we'll say your uncle's age that could give you advice Mm. that could give you direction what man is there to counsel you to because your moms can't give it to you because your mom your mom and especially in your mom's case but i would say this in general anyway mom is always going to put herself in the position of the other girl 
So even if, even if, and I'll say even in, in my case, I knew my mom still put herself in the position of, I know how I would feel if I was pregnant, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like a, a chick could be on strung out on drugs and the dad, the dad, the mom's son could be like, yep, she don't need to have that baby. I want that baby. And then mom's still be like, well, but you know, we shouldn't take that baby from her because, mm-hmm. you know, she could go to rehab and get her life together. You know, we need it because mom says, I know what it would feel like to have my child taken from me. Don't do that to her. But that might not always be the right advice. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think dads come in. And so I, 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 it, it's not lost on me that there was no uncle there. There was nobody to counsel you two men because you're two young men that just got emotionally abused. You just got played. And she'll never go to jail for that. <laughs> she'll never get point. charges pressed against her for that. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you spent some money in that amount of time in those months. Am I correct? Yeah, I spent a little bit of money. Did you get a reimbursement check for that? Oh, man. <laughs> and what court ask. could you go to to get compensated? Mm-mm-mm-mm. What court could you go to for mental anguish? Mm-mm. Because I got a feeling that if you would have broke your arm, you would have forgot all about that. But here it is. You haven't forgotten about this decades later. Man, that's it's, it's, a, it's a low, you know, you talk about emotional burden. Um but, you know, just just for the simple fact that, you know, I moved on, she moved on, you know, and as I said, you know, like like time heals those type of wounds. And I think I, I don't have certainty, but I think the situation worked out well for her. And I'm saying in the end, actually, it worked out well for me because, you know, I was able to go on with my life. You know, I'm always going to have that, that certain thing sitting in the back of my mind. But I guess that's something I can deal with because we all have something that's going to haunt us, you know for life. You know, I don't know what yours is. You don't know what mine is. I just exposed one of mine, but I, I think we've all come to these type of crossroads at life. Sometimes this is just, this is what life is about really. Well, it didn't sound like she had anything to really haunt her. Cause she got three <laughs> that we know of. Hmm. She got hmm. three checks. Hmm. So well, you're right. We all have something that haunts us, but not everybody benefits from their bad decisions. Not everyone suffers the consequences of their bad decisions. Well, you know, I when when I look at that scenario, I just always w- with this discussion going on in the manosphere, it just how how is it that a man could be put in that situation? W- if it was flipped around, mm-hmm. would a man be able to walk away in one piece and still be able to say, "I still won"? I just wonder that. Mm-mm. I don't know. No, I mean, and I'm sure I may have outraged some people when I just said it, but just know that right now it's basketball season, right? You know, I messed up on my sport. It's basketball season right now on a Saturday night. There is some groupie trying mm. to get knocked up by a basketball player. Oh. So if somebody doesn't benefit from their quote unquote bad decisions, why, why is there some, there's some groupie right now trying to get knocked up by a rock star after a concert. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. And we know that that's been going on since the 50s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's that frustrating part. Um, hence why I'm, I'm so glad that you're on here to share your story, because it's funny. We talk about it, but it's still again, it seemed like these are just some these are just the loose women that go on Jerry Springer or Maury Povich. But 
I I am willing to go out on a limb and say we all know somebody that has been lied to on when it comes to paternity. Uh, I, you know, I, what was that BBD song? I thought it was me. <laughs> it was all about that time too, wasn't it? <laughs> That's actually yeah, a little bit, a few years later. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was me. You know. Wow. All I can say is, um, to to me. I still was able to move on and years later I was, I was able to, you know, have children in a scenario that I thought was better fit for me because mm. that first one is not the one that I wanted. Mm. And you asked that question. I can't remember exactly what you asked, but the point is I was surrounded. I was one of the only guys in a clique of guys that I knew, whether we're talking about at work or outside of work that had no kids. And everybody was looking at me like, man, dude, what's the deal, dude? You shooting blanks. What's going on? I'm like, dude, I don't want to be like y'all. You know, I had one guy that I used to know at work years ago. He used to always joke, I want to have a kid in all 50 U.S. states. And I'm like, mm. you, go ahead. you go ahead with that. I ain't the one, you know. And he was, the last I saw him, I think he had about six kids. Wow. So I just, I didn't want to be in that situation. That's not something, I don't, how do we look upon that with pride that you got babies all over the place? I mean, if it doesn't rock you financially, what's it doing in your head that you got all of these kids scattered all over the place? And what does that do to the kids? So I just, I never wanted to be in that scenario. And that's a great point because I think twofold, I'll go to this first and what you said about him. You're exactly right. I think he's the kind of brother that makes it bad for all of us, especially if he was black. Yeah, He's, he's the kind black. of brother that makes it bad for all of us because the reason why you will get no sympathy from most women is because of that kind of dude right there. Yeah, absolutely. The they, because they view that every dude is just go ahead and trying to skeet and jet, uh, uh, ejaculate and evacuate, as they say. But that's not every dude. And, you know, I think now I forgot where I was going to go with that as well. Um, but, yeah, it's like that kind of guy that does that. Um, it does mess it up. And you not wanting to be that dude. It was like, yeah, you dodged a bullet for the time being. Uh, you yeah. stayed away from that. But I think now the what that guy, obviously, it, it sounds like he wasn't paying enough child support on his kids, which, again, I, <laughs> it's just funny that a lot of ladies don't make the, the dads pay child support. But you know who ends up paying child support? The dude that ends up marrying her later because he's yeah. supporting the other dude's kid mm -hmm. <laughs> and any offspring that he might have with her and her somebody's paying child support. Mm -hmm. This is why the state is so heavily involved in child support because they're saying somebody's going to pay. Um, but uh, where I was going to go, obviously he's not paying a whole lot because he would still be go ahead and, and, and trying to have all these kids. But, you know, secondly, it goes to show that my man didn't have anything else going on with his life. Mm -hmm. And that's something the age certainly teaches us. And, you know, lastly, I have to say, I think it's guys like that, that, again, they make it a bad reputation for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's really the kind of guy that the government is, go is going after. And we get caught up in that mix. So he's the kind of dude that may not be paying his child support on time and gets, you know, tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars, blah, 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 blah. But because the law is on the books, there are a lot of men out here right now that cannot travel. They can't get mm -hmm. their driver's license. They can't do anything. And a lot of them can't even get out of jail, but yet they can't go get a job because they're in jail and they can't. So because they're in jail for not paying their child support. Mm -hmm. And 
So the law does protect women's interests as well as it should the child. That's where I was going to go. As well as it should, because it's protecting the child's interest. What is just also intriguing is that there's nothing protecting the man's interest for false accusations, for women lying and deceiving about who the father may be. And that's where I was going to go with the child. If there was a loser in this, because as we said, she might have benefited from it. She might have benefited at least financially from it. And you might have benefited from it because you were you were able to go on with your life and start your own family the way you want it to start it. Mm. But if there's one person that lost in this, it was a little girl. Because I always wonder, you know, you and I, we came along in the day and age of boys in the hood, how Ricky and Doughboy got treated based on who their father was. And I think that goes on in a whole lot of houses right now. And so I, I guess it's, it makes you kind of wonder, how did that little girl get treated? Mm. Um, how, how did the conversation go up there? Ever, did they, I wonder if they, did they ever tell that little girl, did, it, did a guy get with her thinking that he's the father? And Brian, you know, Brian, <laughs> Brian never got to be the father. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing is for sure, those other two kids that she had, it sounds like they lost a lot, but especially that, that little girl. Uh, I can never weigh in on that. <laughs> Man, I appreciate you telling your story, man. I really do. Thank you for sharing. I think a lot of guys are going to be able to relate to this one. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to actually talk about it because it's, it's one of them uh, moments in my own history that just kind of disappeared. But it's, it's always going to be there lurking in the past. Any advice you'd like to give the young homies out there after what you've experienced and gone through? Wow. Um, hmm. You know, I, I could make this kind of like a joke on the one hand, but one thing I would say is uh, if, if you out there, always take the hat with you, number one. I, I, I drove somewhere in the middle of the night, even though I was in that part of my life where I was you know, doing a lot of sticking and moving, I had no intention of, of laying down with this woman that night, but because I was unprepared, that's that's where that went. So one thing I do have to, to say is that I think we do base a lot of our manhood based on how many women, you know, we can lay down with. And that's not necessarily where it is. I, I spent a lot of time uh, chasing women where I could have been doing other things with my life. And that's one thing that I'm going to take on to, because, you know, I have two boys and a girl. And I want them to understand that if you develop yourself, you're never going to have a problem attracting women. Mm. That's, that's one thing I would pass on to my kids. Um, prepare yourself because all it takes is, is, is one slip up and it can change the rest of your life. I'll leave it at that. You know, man, if, if I may add my two cents, because I've been there. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get that knock on the door from anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least not yet. I haven't gotten that knock on the door. Mm -hmm. Now to be like, dude, he already paid for it, man. We already got our bond. Here's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, I, I, I always say, and, I, and let me speak from the other side. I've spoken about this with you before. Mm -hmm. of a, a guy that's out there, and then I was a dude that was in the church. And so, it's funny how we both have the same dilemma. 
because as you you're right you rightfully note yeah dudes oftentimes so much of how we view ourselves is based on the number of women that we sleep with mm. but at the same time coming from the church side the church girls want men that slept with a lot of women mm-hmm. and know. so it's like um i always said this back in our days when you know we you know we from the d talking about rolling somebody rolling oh man he rolling oh man he rolling and you see the dorkiest wackiest dude up here rolling thinking he doing something mm. and he really wasn't doing it because as they always said oh he got to provide for his brother and sister because his parents being killed he got to do what he got to do no man he just wanted some money to get some cars some top 10 some adidas a, a nanny goat sheepskin whatever he just wanted some money in his pocket to get some women mm-hmm. because even the church girls wanted to get with the dope dudes mm-hmm. and so it's the same thing even the church girls want to sleep with a guy that then banged out a whole bunch of women, even though the church is telling the guys that you need to be chaste. So you need to go ahead and have your purity and the girl needs to have her purity, but the church, and it used to just infuriate me of being in there and listening to pastors go, and guys are going to try to tell you that they love you just to sleep with you. And da, 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 da. But they never warned the guys about the girls. Mm. And they also never warned the guys that how, and I don't think anyone yet still has equipped Men, how do you deal with the fact of you don't want to run your notch count up either? That could have deleterious effects on you long term. But at the same time, what do we do about girls who have that as a standard? They want a man that knows what he's doing. As a girl told me, I don't want to pledge no virgin. This is a Christian girl in a Christian school. <laughs> so, you know, you're right. But and now in this with this one. Um, you know, Coach Greg Adams says this all the time, and I, it always resonates with me because I know it as a fact myself mm. in my own life. When you went over there that night, just like all of us young brothers, no one ever said, Matthew's your friend. You better know the cost of your DNA. You better know how much your DNA is worth. Mm. A woman knows how valuable her titties are. She understands how valuable her booty is. And she understands how valuable that thing between her legs is. Mm. She got it. She's taught that when she's younger. And even we, we tell her, you've been that little boy. But who teaches a young man how valuable his DNA is? It takes two. That's what we always been told. <laughs> Seems to be true. It does take two. I would think so. How would things change if we started valuing our DNA? I know I didn't at 19. I didn't know the value of my DNA. And so how would things change, young men that's listening to this, if you started acting like my DNA is the most valuable thing about myself that I have? And guess what? Your DNA is so valuable before you even earn value for anybody else working a job, before you even probably even have a bank account, you have valuable DNA. Even when you get old and you're in a retirement home. Your, your DNA is still valuable. Ask Hugh Hefner. Can't ask him now. But, you know, that DNA was still valuable. Um, there's some old man right now that's probably being suckered by some younger woman that's trying to get knocked up mm. because he has a fat pension or he's a millionaire. He still has valuable DNA. And so I would say to men, know the value of your DNA. No one ever taught me that. 
My father didn't have that conversation with me. My mother didn't have that conversation with me. And I was the oldest. So my brother and sister show didn't know to have that conversation with me, nor did my uncles have that conversation with me. Know the value of your DNA. Your DNA is worth more than you're ever going to probably produce on a job. If you really think about it, that's how valuable your DNA is because you have the power to make another human being. And that woman can make a lot of money. You don't even know. You'll be like all the athletes that Chris and I see all the time. You, your offspring could turn out to be, I don't know, a doggone quarterback, an entertainer, a point guard. And yet now, instead of you looking at that kid on TV and you're like, that's my son, right? And he up there, sure ain't got nothing to do with him. He ain't had nothing to do with me. You know, and you'd be like, I did. I paid child support on you. I fought for visitation to see you. Just because I didn't marry your mom. And did we not see this? And what was the movie? Love and Basketball? <laughs> kind of a similar scenario. You know, just because I didn't marry your mom. Okay, in that case, case in the movie, he did. But he still had to let his son know, like, look, your mom was one of them chicks. <laughs> the same ones that's getting with you right now. <laughs> and so your kid might be a gazillionaire later on down the line. And I'm going to tell you, you ain't going to get no love for it. Cause you didn't marry that mom. Mom raised him and mom got his mind. And once mom has his mind, you are done. You are done. You will never get it back. You may be lucky enough to hear dad. You were right before you die. And odds are that might not even happen. That's how valuable your DNA is. You better tell them. So anything else you want to add, man? You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really just glad that I got this story on record <laughs> for prosperity. So if there's somebody else who can listen to this story and really, you know, learn something from it, then, you know, then I'm happy I've spent this time talking about this. Well, man, I appreciate you, you sharing the story because I know it's not easy and I know jarred your memory. Really uh, made you think about some things after it's been a while. You really did. That's true. I do have one last question. What's that? The father that you are now. Hmm. Is it a lot different than the father that you would have been decades ago? And do you appreciate it a lot more now? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a different person than I would have been. Well, than I was back then. So I would say completely different. I, you know, my worldview has changed. I've traveled. Um, I've got a better understanding of what this world is all about. So I, waiting as long as I did to have kids, I think it was definitely worth it because uh, I wouldn't been, I wouldn't have been the same person, you know, 25, 30 years ago that I am now. So that worked out too. Does it make you appreciate the opportunity to father your kids now? Well, no doubt, because like I said, that this is as close to the situation that I would have preferred. And I didn't, you know, when I had my kids, when I, learned that my my well my the woman who would become my wife when I found out she was pregnant it was a whole different feeling Mm. 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 I know I said we're gonna wrap up but I gotta go back to that for a second (laughs) did it feel good that she could tell you I'm pregnant and it wasn't a guess what I'm pregnant and and you were like I can't tell nobody I can't tell nobody Did it feel good to be, I guess, normal, like we see, we've grown up seeing on TV, uh, hey, everybody, 
I'm about to have a baby. I just saw somebody I follow on IG. It was uh, Tariq Nasheed. Just had his arm around his girl. This got to be like their fourth or fifth kid. And, you know, he got his arms around her, holding her belly and stuff. You know, proud. I got another kid coming. How did that feel this time? Not having to be, I guess I'll say a shame. Man, it was, uh, again, you you know, I'm I'm revisiting a a moment from some years ago. And it was a completely different feeling. It was a, a completely different feeling because, okay, I saw the development of a relationship. Mm. Um, so when that news came, it wasn't really shocking. It was like, you know, this is what happens when you're with somebody regularly. And there was two moments that stuck out when I I came to understand that I was going to be a father. Uh, the first one was, (laughs) okay, this is the last story I'm going to tell you that I'm gonna let you go. Uh, cause you know, my, my wife to be. We went, she, I remember she must've been about three or four months pregnant. And up until that point, you know, it was like, okay, we got a baby coming. We, we, we went to the doctor's office at night because, you know, she was having some issues. I'm not going to get specific. She was just having some issues. Like, you know, you need to take me to, to see a doctor. It was like, you know, maybe like one o'clock in the morning. And we get to the hospital and, you know, the nurse took her in and did some examinations. You know, I sat in the, in, in the room waiting when they called me in to sit down, like, okay, well, we got some news for you. Um, and she says, well, you know, uh, she just had blah, blah, blah. It's, it's nothing major. This happens with a lot of women. But the good news is that the babies <laughs> are fine. And that's how I found out I was having twins. It, it was, wow, okay. <laughs> and then the second moment I'm going to remember is like, you know, I watched the belly grow. But that fatherhood moment still didn't hit me until, you know, we had put up a baby crib and she had put these little, to- these little twirling toys that you put over the, over the, over the, over the, the crib. And it started playing this baby song. I can't remember the song. Everybody knows the song when they hear it, but that's when it really hit mm. me. It really hit me at that moment. Like, wow, I really got kids coming. Now. <laughs> it was a completely different feeling from what I had felt. From the previous story that I told you, so I'm, I'm, you know, in the end, it worked out for me because I got what I wanted. That's why I ask. I think, uh, and I hope that encourages some guys that may be single dads right now. They might not have become a father at the time they wanted to, per se, hmm. but there is hope. There is hope, and hmm. the feelings that you may be feeling now about parenting and being a dad. Um, because you got a child in another home, etc. Man, it's nothing like being in the home with your kids and also being in a stable relationship. Ain't nothing like it. Mm-hmm. You know, Corey Holcomb told that joke that, you know, let's just say when you you got the mom and little baby to be walking into the the I'm going to get rid of you clinic and the guy is going in with them, it'll be a whole lot of guys that'll be wanting to walk out holding the hand of their kid and be like, hey, I'm sorry, your mama gone, but it's me and you now. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like that Eminem song that we were just talking about uh, Let's recently. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> you know, Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. Um, but Corey Hogan, you know, while it's like, wow, I can't believe he said that, it just goes to show, man, man men love to be fathers. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, we, it's built in. And the same built-in wiring that it's in us to go save a woman that's in distress it's also to want to take care of a child. 
And when I mean take care of, I mean to nurture and to protect and to provide for is there. I think dudes that don't do it are actually working against their wiring. And oftentimes they don't do it because they don't know how they they think it's too complicated. And they became a father in a situation where now nobody is there to counsel them. And I've been there counseling men when their, their girlfriends were in there getting an ultrasound, thinking about getting rid of her baby. And I'm looking at this guy across the table and he's got man the fear in his eyes. And it was so good to just be able to talk to these men and talk them kind of through it about what they're facing and give them hope. And thank you, man. I, I hope you gave a lot of these guys hope today. I appreciate oh, you coming on here telling your story, man, on the Black Prospector show. We're getting straight up exclusive stuff now. And I appreciate that, man, because I know this wasn't an easy story to share. I appreciate it, BP. It's, it's, uh, it's out there for prosperity now. <laughs> All right, my brother. We're going to call it quits here, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You stay there. But uh, in the meantime, this is why sometimes I don't like doing a live show. I keep thinking about I need to do one, but uh, this is where it's, it's good. Um, so I just want to thank you all. Uh, if you like the show, if you got something out of it, then please like and subscribe. And definitely for this story, be willing to share. And more importantly for this story, um, I have a video now on my channel that is like blowing up with a bunch of comments. And to be honest, a lot of racist and tripped out comments in there. But this is one. I definitely want people to comment on mm. men. If you have a story to share, reach out to me. I would love to share your story. Perhaps here we can get it together. And also in the comment section down below, if you or another guy, you know, that has a similar story, or maybe you're wondering, Hey, I'm, I'm the child coming in this situation. And you may have a viewpoint that we didn't touch on. Please, please, please put it down below. Um, we definitely love to hear from you. So with that, we're going to call it a night and I'm going to say peace to y'all prospectors out there. Remember y'all get fit, get some freedom and live with some vitality because it's a lot of years, but you never know when they're going to be over. So grab them while you can. And I'll holler at y'all next time. Peace. Peace.